first episode of Talks Brewing. It's episode one, Inside the Box. I am James, joined by my co-founder and CFO, Josh. Hello. We are going to be talking about just brewing, the brewing scene, and our amateur opinions on all of it. Um, I'm joined by Josh, obviously, and he is drinking. What are you drinking? I am drinking Hazecraft, which is Great Lakes new hazy ipa just came out everywhere last earlier this week um so it's got some cool new artwork on it they're really stepping up their game with different kinds of beers getting out of the traditional the traditional setting and getting a little crazier with things yeah i agree with i agree with you i think i think great lakes has had a problem for a while now where they haven't been really experimenting a lot and their artwork has been lacking but like the, specifically, once I noticed the what was it the Raspberry Saison they did, mm-hmm. the the Siren Song, they really kind of started to step up everything. And this is this is their first hazy that I've had. I'm not a huge fan of hazies. I'm not really big into the hazy and West Coast IPA scene. I don't know if you disagree with me, Josh, but I think it's kind of more of a fad. It's a fad that hasn't gone away for a while. I started to dabble in it just to try to drink different things. But, yeah, they've definitely stepped it up with this. And they had another hazy that came out earlier this year. They had a lemon half of ice and that came out. So they've been doing some cool things. Yeah, I'm excited to see where they go. I mean, I know they had some problems earlier. But, like, Great Lakes definitely, like, beforehand, if you were, like, a, a beer snob or whatever, you kind of, like, discredited Great Lakes. But, like, lately, they've been doing some pretty cool stuff. So... I mean, this is our first episode, so we're just going to kind of go over our setup and what we're doing and how we got started. But later on in the in, in this series, we're going to, like, focus on, like, beer drinking and, like, what we're doing to, like, brew our beer specifically and, like, how we brew beer and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, so this first episode was talk about our basically our equipment, how we got into brewing, what we have. We've been doing it for a little over two years, so we're still really amateur in this um but we brewed some cool things we think we're definitely a lot further ahead than we used to be so we started out like i said two years ago doing extract kits that we got after taking a class yeah we took a we took a one gallon it was like a one gallon beer we did on a whim it was like a like some august day we drank pbr during it we didn't really think much of it we had to like mouth siphon our beer in order to like get the the bottling right and everything it was kind of a kind of a train wreck the beer turned out drinkable but it was not anything special that's for damn sure <laughs> it was that first you know block party amber ale taste that everybody gets when they make their first extract kit so that's after the class that's what we upgraded to we went and did northern brewers all-in-one homebrew kit we ordered on amazon for like 120 bucks or whatever it was yeah it was like a five gallon setup you got like some tubing, a uh, siphon, a bottling wand, you know, a five-gallon kettle, whatever. A couple buckets, and we still use a lot of that stuff to the day, so that's a solid. If you're looking to get into it or you're early, like, you're going to hang on to some of that stuff for a while. Um, yeah. Hi- I mean, highly recommend. Since then, we've grown on to get, like, was it Northern Brewers, uh, one-gallon kits. They have uh, ones with a spigot, the big mouth, and those are really nice for if you're doing, like, adjuncts or – if you're doing variants for your beer, we have a couple of fermenters. We have a big mouth bubbler that's five gallons. The fermenters are five gallons. We have a couple three-gallon fermenters because lately we started to do the two-and-a-half-gallon thing. Um, cost savings and also, I'm not going to lie, if your beer turns out like shit your first time making it, it kind of sucks to have 50 beers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially especially if it's a bad beer. But then if you have a good beer, you got less beers to give out and it gets a little more picky and you 
find out who you care a little bit more about to give them that beer. Yeah, there's definitely been people in my life where I'm just like, you know what? I could get, totally give you this beer, but you would not appreciate it, so I'm just not going to give it to you. Yeah, that's what I got 20 bottles of something in the fridge right now that I'm not totally happy with that I'm trying to drink slowly. But, yeah, so basically we started with that kit. We upgraded after four or five extract kits, started doing all grain. We've been all grain for about a year and a half. We started finding recipes online and just copying them or changing them up a little bit. Now we're slowly getting to a little more comfort zone building our own recipes so we uh we uh james got us a how big was that propane burner it was six uh, million btus it's like six million it's like it's something like it's something like between two hundred thousand and six million btus it's roughly one-tenth the power of the sun yeah facts not backed by science yeah so, there. so we uh that was a nice part we switched to that now you can brew outside the cleanup is a breeze which most significantly of, either, easier which sure. a lot of home brewers go that way and you just spill shit on the ground you don't got to worry about it if you've ever had a boil over on your kitchen sink then you've realized how much of a pain in the ass it is to have that happen to you. which it's, we did five times which we've done multiple times i've also had burning wart on on my crotch it's not a, not a not a great time I think mistakes are made and things get have happen and it's not not always the greatest thing but you know you live and you learn I now wear waiters when we brew. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, we, we started off really small. We were kind of sticking to, like, small batches and extract kits for a while. And then we, honestly, I think the biggest thing that happened for us was the the clubs. I mean, going going to brewing clubs and meeting people that did all grain. I don't know, like, how do you, how do you feel about it? Yeah, definitely community, just like any kind of, any kind of, uh, activity you're getting into or any kind of hobby the community definitely keeps it going i mean you get burnt out doing stuff by yourself you only have so many ideas but we joined we joined uh the Bruley homebrew club and uh they definitely helped us out a lot of cool guys there and we've been around a couple other clubs and just interacting and talking to guys have been doing it way longer um can definitely give you a lot of heads up before you go out and try something on your own or even um you know give you direction like this is what i've done if you're trying to do this like don't waste your time doing this or buy this equipment this is total junk and things like that yeah it's definitely it's definitely interesting to see what other people are brewing and have people that are more experienced than you tell you that your beer is shit i mean like i definitely think that it was a big deal the first time we brought a beer to this home brewing club this was like after we had started doing uh all grain I, it was probably after like our fifth beer i think it was a like brown ale yeah it was that where people time. were actually like oh this beer is not fucking terrible <laughs> yeah it was the first all grain i think too it was that brown ale. we tried to do an amber ale and we added a little bit too much uh i don't know specialty grain to it and it turned out brown so we just called it a brown ale instead brown of ale, yeah it was a complete accident and it it ended up working out for us but still like having the more experienced community get around us and kind of nurture us a little bit and like show us the the way to become better brewers or the resources we need to have kind of like like definitely definitely um funneled our growth a lot more yeah for sure so yeah and then that's just helps us keep going on keep showing new beer styles what guys are brewing you know kind of do collabs with people which is cool so you can see their setups they can see your setups give you feedback on you know from all the way from your recipe up to how you're actually brewing it which is super helpful yeah it's funny i think i think our brew days uh, originally used to take like eight to nine hours, but I mean, we've gotten pretty refined. Oh yeah. It was a disaster. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always, been, <laughs> it was always kind of a disaster with mostly cleanup from like 
boil overs and shit yeah the like first that. the first few brews were an entire day you didn't do anything like that's that's what you did all day was brew and it was it was it shouldn't have been as long as it was but you know I, when you don't have any way to cool and you're throwing your you know wort in a in the sink and with ice water putting ice water around it kind of swishing around and hoping for the best I, I i think now our brew days are down to about six hours like we yeah i probably it's like say three and a half or four four three and a half drunk four, are you say yeah wow it's that it's that low wow so i mean even even then like we've, we've gotten down to refined to almost like a science you know we know when to take our readings we know when to look at our beer we know when to pull it off the 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 the, the boiling kettle or whatever whatever we need to do and it's not only refine it to the point where we can go out and enjoy our social lives after we finish a brew day, <laughs> but uh, we can also make sure our beer is refined and we're taking a lot more measurements than we used to, even despite that. Yeah, and then sometimes we still forget, you know, to take gravity readings and things like that, and then every beer just comes out to be six point nine percent, so it's fine. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to have a little bit of fun with. But that. definitely, when we're trying something new, we'll get a lot more detail in it. We'll stay sober a lot longer when we brew, so we can actually try to make sure we get in but if we're doing a beer we've done four or five times it's just kind of you're like three deep by the time you even get the mash done and yeah it it was a bad problem we had in the beginning where we were drinking pretty heavily during the the brewing process and uh we ended up having a beer it was an english ipa called uh marius's otter shout out to marius um where we were gonna have a i think it was supposed to be seven percent seven point two percent something like that and, yeah, it was mid mid sixes, I think. Yeah, something like that. And it was supposed to be an English IPA, and it was it was going to be a great beer. It ended up turning out to be a pretty okay beer, but it came out at like two percent alcohol. I think it was three point four. Yeah, and yeah, it, it was, was real bad. It was. We were both very drunk during the whole brew, brewing process. I had sh- I know I alone had shotgun multiple. Yeah, multiple that's what we forgot so. to put any anything in there for clarity too. So it came out looking. You know, a little murky, so we just called it a uh, hazy session. Yeah, we did. UK IPA. And people, <laughs> we just called it a hazy, yeah, whatever. People had no idea. They thought it was a thing. It totally, I mean, that's how beer styles are, though. You just throw a title on it and call it whatever you want. Yeah, and honestly, like, that was the moment we realized that, like, okay, if we're going to take this seriously, we got to, like, cut back on the drinking. Like, if, if there's any advice I can give to new brewers, it's like, don't 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 start drinking right off the, right off the rip. Like, get to a certain point in the brewing process and then start drinking. Like get to a point where you think you can drink enough to still be functional, and then for sure, slam those fucking drinks. I mean, that's the that's the point of brewing. I mean, if I'm not if I'm not brewing with a beer in my hand, like, why am I why am I brewing my beer? You know. Yeah. So yeah, from there, after we kind of got into that, you know, everybody who brews has an Instagram account and wants to post all their beers and follow other people and grow their fake brewery that they'll never actually hone in real life. So. We got into that. We started just with throwing out stickers and made some t-shirts for our friends and things like that and just made this stupid brand that we got kind of into doing some beer review videos and now this trash podcast. Um, and now we're getting to like swapping stickers with other home brewers on Instagram, which is what everybody does now. Big shout out to Josh. He's the mastermind behind most of our marketing and most of our uh, sticker swaps and most of the merch that we put out. Like he's he's kind of the brains of the operation for the mer- the merchandising. And I mean like, Part of part of the thing that I've seen, and I mean, I haven't spent much time doing the merchandising, is to have fun with it. Like you know, like you're, you shouldn't be taking it seriously at first. Like yeah, if your if your end game is to have your own brewery and everything, that's great. But like, 
having fun with it and making yourselves like be this brand is is its own reward especially when people start to like wear your merch or wrap your stickers or like i've seen people bring my beer koozies over and it's just like oh that's cool like people people care you know yeah yeah it's it's super cool to see people actually kind of give a shit about something dumb that you spend a lot of time doing and i mean at the end of the day it's just homebrew like it's just homebrewing it's just a hobby but it's cool to see people buying your buying your bullshit yeah and i mean i i think a benefit for us is that like i i took a i took a brewing college a brewing class in college um and i'm a, I'm a chemist uh specifically with like inorganic and organic chemistry and then josh is a mechanical engineer so between the two of us we were able to kind of figure out some refined ways to do things and and, and ways to do certain things that seem to benefit us or at least we have the mindset where we're very technically driven so brewing things in the best way possible kind of tended to be our goal and making things refined i mean I've heard from home brewers all the time that the best way to prove that you're a good brewer is consistency. And we've had some beers that we've brewed consistently consistently that have come out very well. So, yeah, I mean like we we've been we've been brewing for about 2 years now and it's it's been it's been a, it's been a pretty wild ride. We've had some ups and we had some downs, but pretty much we brew about two times a month i'd say sometimes more sometimes less um we've done some pretty interesting beers before but we've only been playing around with like adjuncts and stuff just recently yeah, i think so our most recent one was a raspberry raspberry pale ale yeah we did a pale ale there was a brewery up here that did it's terrestrial up in cleveland area that did a uh kind of a thing for home brewers you could go get five gallons of their wort and they gave you the grain bill and you could do whatever you wanted with it so we ended up we were super lame and it was our first time doing it but we just made the made a pale ale out of it hopped it up a little bit and then racked it over some strawberries or raspberries in secondary and it actually came out pretty well it was a good pinkish color pinkish red color the color was beautiful i think i think the the the, the color was good the head retention was pretty pretty well um overall it came out as a fantastic beer so um yeah that's just kind of a little background little background bullshit on us um i don't know we're about getting close to 15 minutes in if you want to go ahead and take a break yeah so we're gonna take a break right now and listen to this word from our sponsor talks brewing is brought to you by the cleveland brew shop cleveland's local source for all things home brewing now with online ordering for your convenience and craft beer to go drink learn craft the cleveland brew shop When we were first brewing, we, we started out with the extract brewing. And then quickly we realized that, like, all grain brewing allows you a lot more freedom for, like, the the, the, gra- the grains you're going to build and, and also just the overall flavor profile. I mean, grains in general, like, contribute so much to the overall flavor of your beer. Yes, yeah, so instead of just dumping in, when you're doing extract, you're getting, you know, syrup containers that are just literally the extracted sugar boiled down from from the grain itself. So you get a lot less control. Um, when you go all grain, you can totally, you know, mess with the percentages of your grain bill and get a little unnecessary with it if you want to. Yeah. So I, I think definitely. So if you're going to make, if you're deciding to make the switch, whether you want to do all grain or not, the, the definite benefit of all grain is that you have a lot more control over your flavor profile and what you're going to get out of your beer. But the detriment to that would be that there's not 
you have a lot more time you have to devote to the brewing thing like and there's a lot more equipment that's involved so if you're if you're trying to brew on a budget i would say strict to stick to the extract brewing because i've seen people do contests with extract and they've they've done some pretty good beers yeah so getting into equipment um like we said we started off with the little little rinky dink starter kit which is perfect if you're doing extract because you got one pot so you can just boil steep in there boil in there do everything in there um when you get to all grain you gotta you gotta get a little into the mashing so we had to end up buying we bought like a five gallon gatorade container as our mash vessel and we ended up getting a brew in the bag just to make things you know life a little easier and cleaner so i think that ended up costing us right in there was like 60 70 bucks to add that kind of stuff and then we went ahead and bought a second kettle so that when we're you know when we're um and at the end of the mash we got two kettles going so we can you know have wort going into one hot water coming out of the other and just make life a little easier and then like we said the biggest thing i think if you're brewing if you're doing extract you're doing all grain whatever get yourself a get yourself a uh, wort chiller because you're gonna make your life oh my god a a wort chiller is literally like a godsend like you can get a wort chiller get one that's big enough don't don't get one too small get one that fits your fits your kettle right I think our first time chilling when we were doing it in ice and everything, it was like 30, 40 minutes before we got it down to temperature. Uh, the the, the wort chiller dropped it down to about 15. Yeah. Yeah, definitely made it a lot. Saved us a lot of time, a lot of bullshit time. You don't need to be wasting your time doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so and then just other things. We've just slowly chipped away. We just got a, we just got a hop spider because we're – tired of having extra crap floating around in our beer and we put it in the fermenter that we don't need so it's just a nice mesh during the boil so we can pull all our hops out and get you know less crap floating around yeah we also got a uh hop ball so when we dry hop we can just throw the hops in there so it's just less so we're, we're basically trying to focus on less trub right now and the less stuff you have floating down the more beer you're gonna so like right now, I don't know. I I'm I'm pretty sure we end up getting like 48 beers for a five gallon batch, something like that. It's like just over 40, 42. Yeah, and so it's, if if we can filter out the stuff early enough, we're gonna end up getting like over fifth, over 40, which is like over 45 is what we're trying to trying to aim for because like you want to get the most bang for your buck and it saves you the most cost savings. And especially if you make a good beer, when you make a good beer, you want to have as much of that beer as possible because I don't know about you, but I like giving it away just as much as I like drinking it. A big problem with some of the beers we have is I end up drinking all of it before I end up giving it away. Yeah. And that's especially, that's a big part of homebrewing is just getting people involved and giving out your beer, especially if you do like a beer share in a club and you need to give away bottles. You need people want to try your beer. Yeah, I have a big problem with uh, giving it to friends and stuff that are always just like that are aren't beer snobs like the people that are probably listening to this podcast that will be like, oh yeah, this is a good beer. It's like, okay, like what else? And then like you bring it to a beer club or something like that, or a homebrew club, and they're like, oh well, I am like I taste this or I taste like diacetyls or I taste you know different off flavors that are coming out of the beer and this is how you could have improved on this flavor or this is how i would have done it and it's like that's kind of the criticism i want when i give people my beer yeah so definitely especially early on in home brewing like getting feedback good feedback is great like that's what's going to help you grow the most i mean giving it to your friends is cool you should share it with everybody let everybody try your beer but 
giving it to people who have been, you know, around the block a little bit and have homebrewed and things like that and have struggled and had the same issues you're having, um, tasting your beer and tasting, you know, things they messed up on themselves in the past and getting, getting that feedback from them helps you grow so much more than just brewing yourself and reading stuff online. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, I think a big thing is that like the, the people aren't biased, like your friends will definitely always support you and stuff, but they tend to have this predisposition to not hurting your feelings. So they're, they're, they're more likely to be like, Oh yeah, this is a good beer. And yeah. So anybody who's our friends though, keep, you know, keep drinking our beer, keep buying our merch, please buy our shitty merch. Yeah, absolutely. Like don't, 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 don't stop being supportive. It's just, it's just when you go to a homebrew club, you're going to get more direct constructive criticism. None of those guys at homebrew club, you know, buy our merch though. So there's there's pluses and minuses involved with all of that yeah yeah your friends grow your brand but the uh the the home the the brew clubs make you a better brewer (laughs) yeah for sure because they're all trying to grow their brand too they all want their instagram pages to be uh the next big thing you know they're they all want their 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 shitty fake homebrew which is the funniest thing about homebrewing it's a bunch of grown you know grown men and everybody's running an instagram page like posting pictures and things like that but it's super cool like it's cool like just more community which is i still think that's the biggest thing at a homebrewing like past the competitions and past you know buying stuff and making stickers is just the community like most of the guys we met from the club we hang out with you know all the time outside of brewing it always pretty much involves beer but yeah absolutely i mean like like those those are those are some really good people like they're all they're all really knowledgeable they're all really interested in the, in their craft they all are just good people so you you want to hang out with them outside of the, the homebrew scene but the the, the homebrew scene kind of brings us all together yeah and even even not club really like just meeting people on instagram there's so many people on there who are brewing and things too and it's cool just to see you know so what someone in california is doing versus what we're doing up here you know yeah and people and some people do some really crazy shit i mean honestly like they like like they're they're constantly pushing the envelope on like what beers can possibly be or what you can homebrew i mean i've seen you know i mean you 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 brewed a seltzer just recently didn't you yeah we we made a seltzer just for shits and giggles um just just because we could um you know a couple of other people that i've known have been doing it and things like that and just things i've seen online and you know everybody's talking about seltzers because of the craze now so just something different yeah it's 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 interesting to see the way uh people people tend to follow the craze at the same time that you have this separate group of people like myself included that are like (laughs) anti-craze that that are like trying to brew beers or seltzers or ciders or you know whatever whatever it is that you're brewing to be a anti or not necessarily anti-craze, but to stick to the traditional styles and not follow the same craze. But the people that follow the craze end up doing the most innovative stuff, you know? Like, didn't you, like, throw, like, some weird stuff in the seltzer that you ended up making? Yeah, so we did a seltzer with Kool-Aid. We didn't know how to flavor it. We put Kool-Aid powder in it. Turns out that doesn't work. It's got <laughs> some preservatives in it that just kind of make the yeast go, go bye-bye, and then you get no carbonation in it. You just get basically the equivalent of dumping vodka in the kool-aid and it's kind of a waste of everybody's time um Oof. yeah but that's i mean that's the beauty of homebrewing you want to be traditional and brew traditional styles you can go do that you want to brew a stupid shitty seltzer you can do that you want to you know take a traditional style and mix it with an american style and just get weird or you, you, you want to take a traditional seltzer and mix it with kool-aid and see, yeah, see there's what happens. that too you know, like yeah. everyone everyone kind of pushes the envelope a little bit yeah like we're sometimes gonna, it works sometimes it doesn't yeah we're, we gotta get a belgian belgian triple seltzer recipe cooking up here so 
Yeah, you know? yeah, we 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 do. We it was it was gonna be a lot better than it ended up being, but you know we have a bad habit of not looking at our notes. So yeah, yeah. So our we're, we're working on pivoting into a you know lifestyle brand slash seltzer brand. Um, <laughs> nothing but you know triple and quad seltzers, looking for about twelve percent. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, all all of our seltzers are gonna be twelve percent or above. It's gonna be pretty pretty crazy. We're gonna serve them in champagne bottles. It's gonna be pretty yeah. wild. And then we're gonna pour the champagne bottles into a plastic bag, and you gotta bag it. Yeah, that's the only yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. The only way, the only way to truly appreciate a box brewing beer is to bag it. Yeah, especially like Walmart bag that doesn't, you know, like Walmart Ziploc bags that don't seal very well. And yeah, so I mean, like, like we 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 we're constantly pushing the envelope for our beer. I mean, like, like we always are kind of. I, I want to say we're trying to stick to it as traditional as we possibly can, but there's a lot of times where we're brewing a beer and we're just like, all right, well, let's just try this. Like, yeah, I don't or, know. We don't really have a plan. We just kind of do it. And it just comes into homebrewing too, like especially with, you know, with logistics and things right now, sometimes homebrew shops don't have what you need, so you kind of got to play around with stuff that you wouldn't have done before. Like we've had to make yeast substitutions on the fly and things like that. Like it's not innovating, but it's just playing with something different you wouldn't have to do. And we don't, you know, our innovation steps aren't, you know, rocket science, but we're always just trying, especially because we're still new. So we're always just chipping away at, you know, it took us, it wasn't until like, what, six, eight months ago that we put fruit in a beer and we tried tried doing fruit and secondary and just different things like that. And now we're going to get more into dry hopping. We've only ever dry hopped like once, but. Yeah, we're but, so we're starting to get more into dry hopping. Yeah, and, and, and you're right. Like with like the, 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 the fruit of it dishes, we did, we did one like six to eight months ago and it turned out terrible it was tasted like it, it smelled like lawn clippings we didn't even really drink it we just oh, yeah we did it out that was that was longer that was like a year and a half ago that was uh yeah that was we did an extract colch and we tried to put cucumber in it and we didn't and know was, anything it turns out you can't just cut up a cucumber and throw it into a you know a secondary yeah don't don't weeks. just throw vegetables in your beer like if it's it's fermenting don't just throw vegetables in there and leave them in there for two weeks not not a good idea we'll don't. give you a vegetal taste <laughs> such as lawn clippings in a rain barrel yeah, if you if you if you want a beer that tastes like rain barrels, like and and gla- and grass clippings, like throw a cucumber in there about two weeks before you're done fermenting. Turns 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 great. It's not it's not sick at all. Yeah, it was it was kind of disgusting. So yeah, we're just we're just trying to chip away at those things. We might we're talking about making a sour at some point, doing a kettle sour. We haven't that got that crazy yet, but that that'll be something we look into next. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're really starting to open the door on a lot of our, like, more crazier brews. I, I definitely want to do a Satyr after, ever since we got that Juniper Berry contest, which will probably come up in a different episode. And um, we are definitely planning on doing, like, uh, um, what did you say? Like a, uh, Sour? So, yeah, like a sour, like a kettle sour. Mm-hmm. The, the, my problem with worrying about kettle sour is I really like sours. So if we get into kettle sours, we might start brewing kettle sours often. That's right. It's gonna kind of happen. No you know? problem having too many sours. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just we'll just make them. You know, we'll throw any kind of fruit we can in there. We'll make a tomato sour. We'll make a basil sour. We'll make a uh, you know squash sour for the fall. Pumpkin yeah, I, sour. I would like a butternut squash. Sour. Butternut That'd squash, be, yes. Pretty pretty solid. Maybe an eggplant parmesan sour. Ooh, there there you mm-hmm. go. We could throw we could we could uh, take a peg off of um, some of the brulee contests we've done and throw a whole pizza in there. Throw with a pizza a, sour. With an Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Make it. We gotta do no pepperoni though. We want to keep it as yeah, I'm sure vegetarian a, friendly as possible. We could probably do a whole episode on the different contests we've done with the different clubs we've been in, and all the different beers we've come up with with those. Because 
I mean, the, one of the one of the big reasons to go to clubs as well. I mean, I'm kind of harping on clubs, I and mean, the, the whole second half of this episode has been harping on clubs. But the, but for for new brewers, I, I can like I can't highly recommend it enough because like the one the ones we go to, they do constantly different competitions that put you outside the box. Like we had to do one, we had to do one with grocery stores, or we challenged each other to brew beers, and like it puts you out of your comfort zone. It makes you brew beers and do research on beers that you're not normally good at or care about mm-hmm. or even really like. Yeah, if it was, I mean, we would probably would just be brewing a, you know, amber ale every couple, two or three months if we didn't get out of our comfort zone and meet people and learn yeah. about new things. We'd be brewing some boring bullshit all the time. Yeah, right. Like I never heard of a, a Rogan beer. Then you need like a, a white, a, uh, like a white IPA or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So there's definitely a lot of shit you can do with it. But all right, um, that's creeping up on half an hour. We, yeah, you know, we weren't we weren't really planning on going this long, so it's you know like we're we're can't really afford to pay our producer any longer than uh, this thirty minute episode so far. So um, yeah, uh, we're on Instagram at Box Brewing. Um, we have an email if you want to tell us how terrible this was or, uh, you know, boxbrewingco at gmail.com. We're always looking for feedback and everything. And, uh, yeah, tell us it's terrible. Send us feedback, send us, you know, any questions you have, anything you want us to talk about and we'll probably ignore it. Um, yeah. If we ever drop merch on Instagram, check it out. Buy our dumb shit. If we make money, we'll donate some of it and be good people, you know? And uh, we'll definitely um, include anything that you say. We'll, we'll, we'll shout you out if you have any constructive feedback or anything like that. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, just stick into our podcast. We're going to talk about next episode is going to be on COVID and how COVID has affected everyone's lives and has been a shitty thing that's happened to everyone. Yeah, you're tired of hearing about it, and we're going to talk about it some more. So, yeah, yep. and then lastly, shout out the Cleveland Brew Shop. We didn't ask them to sponsor this. We just decided to do it, and hopefully they don't, you know, shut our episode down. Yeah, they, 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 I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm perfectly willing to hear like a not like like do not shout it out, shut it down. Yeah, no one's gonna listen to this anyway. So we might get sued. Actually, someone's got to hear the episode first to complain about it. So yeah, I don't think we have to. Worry so about for the that. five of you that are listening to this, yeah, thank you. Wow, thank that's you. generous. <laughs> thank thanks for it. We'll uh, we'll have another episode in another couple weeks. All right, play the outro music. <laughs>